Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the Life Enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Nick here back with another podcast, Solo Dolo, and this one is all about photography. And you might be asking yourself, photography, how does that fit into the life enchanted mold? Well, let me give you two reasons why it fits in the life enchanted mold. One is because photography is an amazing hobby that immediately allows you to immerse yourself in the present moment, appreciate nature, appreciate beauty, um, and kind of just like see how things are connected and see light in different ways, see objects in different ways. And it turns into a spiritual practice. One of the quotes that I put on my Instagram in the past is from Henry Wessel, who is an American photographer. And his quote is, photography is very spiritual because suddenly... You are seeing the coherence and interconnectedness of everything. And I myself have seen this since I picked up a camera. I am by no means a great photographer, but I can get down. And I've seen this in my life with with photography. It's, it's a great way to immerse myself in the present moment, distract myself from my own crazy mind, and appreciate the nature and the beauty that is all around me that a lot of the time we miss just because the busyness in life and because we aren't paying attention. The second reason that it fits into the life enchanted mold is that this is my podcast and I'll do whatever I want. All right, so with that said, I figured that um, I would create a podcast that I wish I could have heard right before I started picking up a camera. About five months ago, I decided that I wanted to start taking pictures of my own because I knew that I needed to up my content on IG and that for my website and stuff like that, I needed some good photos. And I have kids, I have a wife, like we go on vacation quite a bit. So I like to be able to take cool photos. So I knew nothing about photography. My wife had a DSLR camera sitting in the drawer for the last 
three years and it's just been sitting there collecting dust. I've used it maybe once or twice, just put it on automatic, um, but figured that I should probably learn how to shoot on manual. So that's what this podcast is about. People who are hoping to get off automatic, shoot on manual, uh, and, and learn a little bit about their camera. Shooting on manual is awesome because that's where the skill is involved. And that's where the individuality and the uniqueness of different photos comes about because you are controlling pretty much three different settings. And according to how you adjust those settings and what you set them to, the the photographs are going to be different. So I want to dive into that real quick. I'm just going to give you a, a very general, basic overview of how to get started in manual mode. And then really what you have to do is just go outside and start practicing. I've taken thousands and thousands of photos in the last four months, and I feel like I'm just starting to get the gist of kind of what my uh, identity is in the photography, maybe not identity, but what my preferences are. Um, but the more I practice, the better I get at it. So keep that in the back of your mind as you're listening to this. This is just kind of the the episode that hopefully gets you started uh, shooting on manual mode. So like I said, shooting on manual mode is uh, very strategic and it really comes down to these three things. Man, uh, as I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, I just I wish someone would have broken it down this simply to me five months ago because I talked to different people and it was kind of convoluted what they're saying and it wasn't super direct and it got too abstract and too technical. But here's what you need to do to shoot on manual. manual. You need to know how to change these three settings on your camera. The first one is aperture or your F number or F stop aperture. Um, the second one is shutter speed. The third one is ISO or ISO. Those three things are what you adjust when you are shooting on manual mode. And it all boils down to exposure or light, how much light there is for your camera to use. So before you do anything, I would pause this episode right now and I would just go onto YouTube and search like whatever camera you have. I would search uh, Canon aperture control, shutter speed control, uh, Canon ISO control or how to change those things and just figure out where those things are, where, what buttons you have to hold down, what knobs you have to twist and whatnot. That is the first step because those three things are what you use to shoot in manual mode. Okay, so let's first talk about aperture. Aperture is basically, and I'm going to put this in the most basic sense that I possibly can. So all you established photographers that are like, wow, that's a really simplistic way to describe it. Yes, it is. I'm trying to do my best to just make this very easy to comprehend here. So um, aperture is basically how open your lens is. There is a hole in the middle of your lens and aperture controls how big or small the lens is. Okay, how, how big or small the opening is. Obviously, the bigger the opening is, the more light that the camera can absorb to take a picture. The smaller the opening, the less light that it can absorb to take a picture. And those are all different F numbers, F numbers. So my camera right now goes all the way down to 1.8, which is wide open. That's the biggest it can possibly open is F 1.8. And then I can get it all the way to like F 29 or something like that, I think, which is super tiny. Um, so obviously at F 1.8, 
when there when it is wide open there's a lot of light coming into my camera and at f29 the hole is super small and there's not that much light uh, coming into the camera the other thing about aperture is depth of field which you'll hear a lot of people talk about and depth of field is basically in a in a very very confined nutshell is how blurry the background is and how in focus the background is so with the lower f numbers so when your when your camera hole when your lens hole is wide open the background is going to be very blurry the background of your object. So if there's a person standing in front of you and you focus on them and you have a low F number like F 1.8 or F 2 something or F 3 something or F 4, then the background is going to be pretty blurry, but the person will be in focus. However, which is called a shallow depth of field. That's a shallow depth of field because the only thing that's in focus is right in front of you, right? So the other side of that is a deep depth of field. So that would be a higher F number, which means a smaller circle that is open in your lens, a smaller opening. So like say we're shooting at F22, which is a pretty small opening in your lens and not a ton of light, but that depth of field is going to be very deep. So if someone is in front of you at the same spot that you were shooting on at F1.8, then the background would probably be in focus for a long time. It's a very deep depth of field. So those are the things you need to know about aperture. It controls how much light it comes in and it controls how much depth of field there is. Okay, next is the shutter speed. And that this one's pretty self-explanatory. It's how, fat, how long, basically, your shutter is open. Okay, when you click down to take the picture, it's if it's a fast shutter speed it'll go click click and it'll just take the picture super quick however if it's a slow shutter speed it would be like click click so it's capturing the light for a longer period of time and with that comes you, you need to be aware comes awareness of motion because the longer if someone's in front of you and they are walking if you if the shutter's open for not even milliseconds, just super quick. If it's a fast shutter speed, then you're going to be able to capture exactly where they are in that moment. However, if it is a slow shutter speed, then it's going to be blurry because the time that the shutter is open, they are moving. So I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen shots of like freeways and stuff like that where the lights are all streaked out or anything like that with like the the stars in the sky kind of like swirled together or like the uh, the milky white um, like beaches or waterfalls that look like they're like silky milky white. Those are with op long shutter speeds, long exposures is another way to say it. And oftentimes long exposures require um, tripods. So it's it's really hard if you have a long exposure to to not get a blurry photo if you are just holding it with your hands because your hands move. So if you are thinking about getting some of these long exposures and these long longer shutter speeds you need to get a tripod okay so that is shutter speed and obviously i'm not sure if i mentioned this but the longer the shutter is open the longer the shutter speed the more light comes in to the camera okay the third thing is iso or iso people say it differently iso from what i understand and what works for me is just how sensitive the light sensor is in your camera so 
the lowest ISO that, that my camera has is ISO of 100. And that means that it is not very sensitive. It's, it's just its base setting and that it's the least sensitive it can be. So if I'm shooting out in the daytime or whatever it is in mind, when there's plenty of light, my ISO is usually at 100. Now you can up your ISO pretty high to whatever you want. So you go to an ISO of a thousand that makes the camera sensor super sensitive to light, but the, there's a trade-off with ISO. The higher your ISO, the more grainy your picture will be, the more noisy your picture will be. Grain and noise, the best way I can describe it is like if you took a really nice photograph and then you put like some colored sand on top of it to fill in and it just it just makes it noisy and grainy and granular and just not super crisp and clear. So that is the trade-off there. You you want to try and keep the ISO as low as possible. So with those three things, that makes up an exposure. You control how much light comes into the camera with the aperture. You control how long the light comes into the camera with the shutter speed. And you control how sensitive your camera is to the light with your ISO. And once you figure out how to manipulate those things and control those things with your fingers as you are shooting, then it kind of just starts becoming second nature of what you need to adjust. But all the while, you need to focus on your exposure meter that is most likely in your viewfinder, what you look uh, through with your eye. There should be a little meter that um, kind of looks like a timeline with a zero in the middle or a, or a line, a, a thick line in the middle. And your exposure meter will tell you if there's too much light. For mine, that's on the right side. If my meter's flooding the right side, then that means there's too much light. And if it's flooding the left side, there's not enough light. So as I am shooting, I'm keeping an eye on that exposure meter. And when it's lined up perfectly in the middle, that that means theoretically that the exposure is correct. That's the camera saying, okay, it's a correct exposure, take a picture. So as I have my eye in the viewfinder, as I'm shooting pictures, I'm constantly looking down at that little exposure meter and adjusting, usually it's my shutter speed um, as I'm taking photos. Because typically when you're shooting, well for me, I'm outside, there's plenty of light, so I usually have my ISO at like 100 or 200, depending on how much light there is. Um, and then the depth of field with the aperture, I usually control, you know, depending on the situation, if I'm doing like more, uh, portrait or kid shots, it's usually a, a lower F stop F number, um, so that there's a shallow depth of field. But if I'm doing nature, it's going to be, um, usually a higher F number. But so I usually have that set, the aperture set. And then as I'm shooting, I'm, keeping an eye on that exposure meter and then just twisting this wheel that I have that shutter speed because I'm staying in high enough shutter speeds to not need a, uh, a tripod. So I don't care what it is. I know it's high enough that it's not going to be blurry. So I'm just kind of adjusting shutter speed as I go, but that's when there's plenty of light. So I'll give you some instances of kind of practical advice. So if, if, if it's night or so I went to a concert recently and at that concert, it was dimly lit and whatnot. So I knew when I was in there that I needed to open my aperture all the way up. I wanted it all the way open because it was dimly lit. I wanted as much light coming into, uh, into the camera as possible. And depth of field wasn't a big, big 
piece that I was looking for, right? So I opened it all the way up to f1.8. And then um, I adjusted the ISO as high as I could possibly go with keeping in mind that it was getting more and more grainy. And then with that, with those two things that I think I was like at ISO 350 or ISO 400 or something like that. And then with that, I would adjust the shutter speed um, just a couple notches here and there and, and snap photos. So I made sure that it was wide open on the aperture side and that my ISO was raised so that my camera's a little bit more sensitive so that I wouldn't have to have a super long exposure or shutter speed, which would give me blurry photos as the dudes were performing. So that's just a practical example of, of keeping uh, your mind on those different things and being strategic with how you set those things uh, in the real world and taking taking photos in different scenarios. So really, though, that's all you need to know. You just need to know how to control your aperture, control your ISO, control your shutter speed. And once you have those buttons and knobs down, then you just really need to start practicing. And it's super fun. It's It becomes a game with yourself. You go outside, you put like a pencil on the table and you start messing with aperture and depth of field. Like, okay, I'm gonna do a really wide open aperture here and take a photo and let's see how blurry the background is. Okay, now I'm gonna change it to like F18 you know, or F22 and take the same photo from the exact same spot of that pencil and then see how blurry the background is or isn't. So you start to just see how these things play out in a photo and then you just start to develop your own little unique skill set that you just kind of revert back to in the moment it's super fun i love it 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 allows me to just kind of like i said be present in the moment i'll share with you a little story when i was in hawaii this last summer in maui um as i'm thinking about saying this i'm just hashtag first world problems right but um i was in maui and we were in whalers village and the girls my two daughters were kind of having a fit we just had dinner it was late they were they were exhausted from swimming and being in the beach and in the sun all day long and my wife and my in-laws i took my girls they were having a fit in the restaurant so before we got the bill i took the girls out into kind of like the foyer and um out into like the shopping center and was like just meet me out here uh, so I took the girls out there and then after like 10, 15 minutes, my wife and my in-laws still hadn't come out and I was starting to get super irritated. Like, where are you guys? My oldest daughter needed to go to the bathroom. I hate taking my daughter into the men's bathroom. So I usually have my wife do it because I hate putting my precious four-year-old daughter's uh, booty on men's toilets. It's disgusting. Men's bathrooms are disgusting, especially men's public bathrooms. Um, so, so I was getting frustrated. Like she needs to go to the bathroom. My other one's acting a fool. It's hot. They're tired. Where's my wife? Where are my in-laws? Turns out they, they got distracted by Louis Vuitton, of course. And, um, by the time they got out of Louis Vuitton and whatnot, I was just like super frustrated with them and with her. And after I kind of addressed it with them and kind of expressed my emotion, we went down, uh, into this little courtyard to let the girls play and kind of get the rest of their energy out. And I picked up my camera and started shooting as they were playing. And I completely became present in the moment and lost all connection with all those negative emotions that I had. I was like all of a sudden behind bushes and like kneeling down and catching these angles and making these adjustments in those in the ISO and the aperture and the shutter speed and trying to catch different shadows and different lightings um, and different angles and all these cool things. And I just like 
was completely immersed in this little hobby, this little activity for like 25 minutes. And by the time I was done, I kind of like snapped out of it and was like, whoa, I feel so much better now. And it was really cool. I shared that story on Instagram in one of my pictures. You can scroll down and check that out. But it was super cool. And it just spoke to me the power of photography and just having my camera around like it's just a way to escape if I need to and it's a way to just become immersed in the present moment and get out of my head. So I hope that was helpful for at least some of you. Like I said, I just figured I'd make a podcast that I wish I could have heard um, prior to picking up my camera and venturing into manual mode. But I highly recommend that you, if you are interested to, um, to buy a camera and just start shooting, start shooting in manual mode and, and see what you can do. It's, it's really awesome. And it's a, it's a really cool form of art. All right, guys, stay tuned for next week's episode. I, as always have some pretty awesome guests lined up. Uh, go check out the website. If you haven't, subscribe to the email newsletter. I got some new merch that I put on the website as well that I'm really excited about. A whole bunch of new designs. Um, And then check out my Patreon page as well. I'd love your guys' support so I can continue to put out inspiring, helpful, loving content. Peace. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. Just go to CapitalFloats.com and use the promo code life enchanted with no spaces at checkout if you're in northern california you definitely want to take advantage of this please remember that i am not a doctor so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet supplement or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes if you're interested in connecting with me you can send an email to nick n-i-c-k at mylifeenchanted.com or you can find me on instagram at mylifeenchanted peace